Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boats in the Field report. Starting to look like spring might actually come. Starting to get calls on what to do with the fact that the fall nitrogen didn't get on. Plan B for a lot of people was to get it on in February or March. Looks like that's not going to happen. This still <clears throat> leaves the beginning of April if things turn around and turn around here pretty quick. The same question is coming in. How close to planting can I apply my anhydrous and be safe? Most of you know the answer, but you're checking to see uh, if I've changed it. I like at least two weeks between anhydrous and planting, or better yet, one and a half inches of rain. Bottom line, the anhydrous core will reach a pH in that 13 to 14 range, similar to the pH of bleach. And it needs to come down before the root system gets to it, or it will fry. Everything in its way. Many times a grower will say things like, I put it on three days before planting and didn't have any problems before. This could be true if we receive enough rain before the root system reaches the core. Because of what I've seen the past 30 years in my career, I'm a little more conservative. I've seen February ammonia smoke corn before. On dry springs, we receive anhydrous burn calls pretty routinely from the spring applied anhydrous. The problem with anhydrous burn, it usually shows up in that V4 to V7 time frame. And there's nothing you can do to fix it as a consultant, except tell the grower he needs to adjust his marketing strategy. The grower who has done it in the past but didn't notice any burn is quick to point that out in a conversation. The grower who has been burned in the past, they don't even get into the conversation. Telling a grower to put anhydrous on three days before planting, hoping it'll rain in time to protect him, is like telling him that he can speed going down the interstate and not wear the seatbelt. Odds are he won't get a ticket or get in a wreck. But is it's an unnecessary wreck or unnecessary risk. Once the wreck happens, it's too late to put the seatbelt on. Again, the goal is to keep the roots away from the core. Now this can be done with RTK Auto Steer on the toolbar tractor and move the AB lines over to the planting tractor and then offset 15 inches. In this format, the anhydrous could go on a day ahead of planting. No-till growers, you can see the anhydrous track, so planting between them, between the knife tracks, is easier. Vertical till growers who apply the anhydrous and hit it with a harrow in the spring, where the root systems go down deep and fast, are actually at more risk than our horizontal growers. You guys that are using horizontal tillage in the spring... There is one advantage to turning roots sideways, and that is you lessen, not eliminate, but lessen the anhydrous burn. It gives you a little more time to find that rain. I know some of you are saying, Fairy, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, but due to nitrogen prices, I'm still going to be applying anhydrous the week of planting. I don't have RTK, so my question is, should I go with the rose or should I go at an angle? Well, my advice, based on anhydrous burnt fields that I have serviced in the last 30 years, I'd go at an angle. At an angle, if you get burn, you'll take out seven, 8,000 plants per acre. 
That pulls a 36,000 planting population down to 28,000, and 28,000 would not trigger a replant when that corn is at V5, V6. I've seen anhydrous burn take out three 500-foot a row. If the planter lines up on the toolbar, it might be 12 or 16 rows that are burnt and taken out for three to 500 feet. This kind of damage usually triggers a replant. I had a call this week from one of our operations who doesn't believe the weather is going to turn around for them to put on any anhydrous in March. They have tried anhydrous in April before, but got burnt bad enough that it's not an option that they would consider. They don't have RTK on the tractor that would pull the toolbar. So it's time for them to go to plan B. On their bean ground, they normally apply most of their nitrogen in the fall as anhydrous, a little weed and feed, and finish up with some liquid cidress. Trying to stay in budget, they can buy dry urea about 10 cents a pound cheaper than 32%. Their question was what if they broadcast two-thirds of their nitrogen as urea ahead of planting and work it in with a vertical harrow and then follow with the broadcast application of urea over the top of V4, V5 corn. That would keep them close on their nitrogen budget dollars per acre. Not a bad plan B. There are some holes to think about. One, the urea is subject to volatility, so it needs to be worked in the same day, not a week later. If incorporation is going to be delayed, a urease inhibitor would have to be added. Second, the post application will need a urease inhibitor because it's not going to get incorporated. And post-applied urea can cause leaf burn if conditions are right. That's something they should make the landowners and maybe farm managers aware of ahead of time. The bigger issue is they don't have any nitrogen banded. Broadcast nitrogen is the most inefficient application of nitrogen. Banding nitrogen carries the weight uh, into July and August when they're trying to fill that tip. Their plan B would probably look better in the spring with the small corn, but could peter out at tip fill compared to their usual anhydrous program. If the carbon penalty is high, I've seen 150 pounds of urea get tied up in the carbon penalty and just disappear from the balance sheet. As urea hydrolysizes, it becomes ammonium. And remember, the microbes that drive the carbon penalty love ammonium. Matter of fact, they will use it all up before they start using nitrate. This nitrogen is not lost. It will mineralize back into the pool later in the season, but it can make for a rough start. Using urea in the broadcast form with no nitrate applied does, an o- does open up the possibility of getting caught in the carbon penalty pulldown. When we apply 32%, one-fourth of it is nitrate, so the microbes feed on three-quarters of it that's in ammonium while the plant gets a shot at that nitrate. Most broadcast urea complaints I go on are usually corn-on-corn, corn, where the carbon penalty is high. These growers, with the question, they're dealing with corn after beans, so I suspect they're going to be all right. As we talk through the options, they're thinking about changing it up 
about broadcasting some urea and working it in, then bringing some 32% as their weed and feed carrier after planting, and then side dressing 60 pounds as 32% at the side dress pass. Now this gives them some nitrate at planting and gives them some back-end staying power. One question was asked, will, will urea leach if we get heavy rains after application? Well, urea itself is more leachable than nitrates if it rains before the hydrolysis takes place. Once it converts to ammonium, it's going to be stable and it won't move again until it rolls into a nitrate. Most likely urea wouldn't leach out of the field as urea, but it might get too deep for a young plant to reach. This is one area where you guys that are applying nitrogen with the planter have the upper hand, keeping the plant happy while the carbon penalty is raging in the soil around it. So I agree. February, March time frame of anhydrous is closed. It's time for plan B. Remember, the goal is not to let the corn have a bad day. It is not what is the cheapest price of nitrogen I can apply. Burnt or yellow corn is not happy corn in case you were wondering. The crew is hoping to get fired up on the summer-spring testing soon. So if you haven't already turned in your spring-summer testing needs, you need to get that done. It's a lot more efficient for everyone if we can pick up your fields when the crews are in your area. Emails have went out. Uh, we'll be having our annual bug VRT clinic Thursday, March 21st here at the office. Like usual, we'll start off with a bug patrol meeting for the pest boss and their team. Thomas will recap the weather and how we stand compared to other years, as well as a long-range forecast. We'll get you up to speed on the insect heat units and talk about disease and insect threat potentials. We'll cover issues of concern for April and May timeframe. The guys will bring you up to date on the survey they've been conduct conducting on planting date and soybean maturities. After the bug patrol meeting, the guys will cover the CropTech VRT program. So this is for everyone who is VRTing population, nitrogen, or multi-hybrid, or anyone thinking about doing it in the future. The guys will work on how to get the files in the monitor and the process of selecting the right files. They'll work with you on how to set up your test strips so you can do your dry runs on your farm. Uh, if you bring your monitor in, They'll help to check to see if you have the latest updates. But if you bring your monitor, please bring your power cord. Now remember, the Green Star monitors cannot be powered outside the tractor. For the CropTech customers, mark your calendar for July 17th. That will be our summer field day. For the rest of you, I'm happy to announce registration for the 2019 Farm Journal Corn Soybean College is now open. We are excited about this event, this year's event. The theme of the two-day event is Fielding a Championship Team. This year's event is targeted at the whole farm team. We'll be looking at and working with the management team, uh, the operations team, as well as the pest team. Whether you're a one-man operation and your team consists of me, myself, and I, where some of these positions are filled with outsiders, or a large farm team with employees in each of these areas, 
We'll be focusing on sharpening your skills in all areas, as well as bringing them all together for more synergism on the farm. So check out the website, croptechinc.com, for our early agenda, and clip, click on the Corn Soybean College tab to register. Continue to check back at the site as we'll be posting more details and videos about the event as time goes on. Janine and I will be on vacation next week, so there will be no podcast next week. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.